Hey guys, TJ Leffler here. I just want to say thank you for joining. And I want to let you know that you're in the right place if you want to get back to basics so you can get more out of life by doing less than you think. We're going to cover a lot of different things in this episode, but I want you to know that the most important thing you can do is to remove the ideas that you have about the things you're about to listen to. Okay. I want you to approach this episode like a child. What can you learn from this experience? I've gone through a deep awakening. I've hired professional help. You're going to hear from multiple people throughout the course of season two, all through my voice and the notes that I've taken and the process that I've gone through, okay? I want you to be able to take this and make it practical and actually apply change to your life. So all that requires is for you to just have an open hand as you listen, all right? I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Also, I forgot to mention that I accidentally wrote a book and I mean that genuinely. We were trying to create a guide for what you're listening to and I wrote too much. So we created a book and it's awesome. It's going to be online at corepillars.com, C-O-R-E-P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com or tjloffler.com. Highly recommend as a gift or just checking it out if it's something that you want to come back to because you like what you listen to. Thank you guys again for being here. I appreciate you. Active rest is the fourth core pillar to what I believe is a sustainable way of living, a sustainable life. And I want to talk about this today because this has been one of the most powerful of these pillars that I'm laying out for you, that I'm outlining for you. It's been one of the most powerful because it's something that I really never really acknowledged. I really never really acknowledged the uh, importance of having active rest in my life. And I'm going to highlight that in a second. But I first want to tell you what we're not talking about. Active rest in the topic today, we're not talking about the importance of hobbies. And I'm not going to tell you that you need to go sing Kumbaya in a circle. I'm not going to give you a tip or trick uh, or a tactic that's going to change your life forever. Although I may share some perspective, what we are going to talk about, some timeless pieces of perspective that I've gained as it relates to how how you think about active rest and the importance of active rest in your in your life, not just for not just for your body, but for your mentality, your emotional health, your spirituality, for all of the things that you're going to hear about today. I really hope that you're going to be able to walk away with some practical. A new perspective that's going to help you activate some change in your life. And I think for a lot of you guys who don't see active rest as productive, I hope that you're going to, through the story that I'm going to share, I hope that you're going to change your perspective about that. Now, I'm first going to qualify myself. I'm not uh, an expert on any of this stuff, but I do have uh, relative expertise. And I've used that example before, listened to some of these other episodes. I'm just a little bit further along on this specific journey. And so if you can be open to what I'm about to share today and open your mind, your heart to what you can learn, I hope that you'll see or even just you know resonate with if you've already been through this part of your journey. I hope that you'll see that there's a conversation to be had here. you know, And I'm, and I'm not just talking between us, but between you and other people that you love and care about and that you see needing maybe to implement a practice of, of active rest and the art of living more sustainably. Now, my awakening to the need to make active rest a priority really happened at the beginning of 2018. I had been about five months since my dad had passed and I would just walked through a very traumatic experience. I never really associated with the word trauma, but we all have trauma in some regard or capacity. Example, moving across the country is traumatic. And when I say traumatic, trauma is just simply in the definition I use, something that happens in an amount of time that's too short for us to process what has happened in that time. So what I mean by that is, you know, you could experience a family death, you can move across the country, you could, you could have a, a really meaningful relationship end, you could have a job end. I mean, there's all kinds of things that are, quote, traumatic that happen in life. But 
for me, I think being open to the idea that I had real traumatic experiences in my life then allowed me to see the opportunity for healing. And it was a word that I never resonated with, associated with, but because I saw that there was a need, I was able to actually pursue what it might take to fulfill that need. And for me, that looked like counseling. And it also looked like just trying to restore my relationship with God, because after witnessing what I witnessed, it was very difficult for me to come to a reconciliation with God. When you witness uh, suffering on earth in a deep and meaningful way, and that becomes visible to you in a way that you haven't experienced before. Some of you guys might be able to relate with this, and it's something that can really rattle your idea of who God is. And I made a conscious choice because God loves us. Love's not just a feeling, it's a choice. I made a conscious choice to say, God, your perspective is so much greater than mine. I just want to restore whatever it might be broken in our relationship because I, I frankly might be losing faith and trust in something greater than myself here after witnessing what I experienced. You know, why, why my dad asked the way he did and why I witnessed certain things and where you were in that process or weren't in that process of healing, knowing that you can heal and knowing that you are a healer. And so I, I really started seeking out the need for healing in my life. And, and one of the ways that healing actually took place was through active rest. And I was in prayer at the beginning of 2018. And I remember hearing God in prayers, conversations, just agreement with God's will for your life. And I think in order to understand God's will, to just clear this up, I think you got to be present. In order to be present, you got to be able to, you know, focus your mind, your energy, your attention to the present moment, and you got to be willing to listen. And so I was just trying to sit there and listen and have this conversation with God, come into agreement with what he wanted for my life. And I'd become sensitive to his voice over the years. So I was able to kind of discern. I was like, okay, this is God. I believe this is you talking when he said, hey, I I'm asking you if you're up for making some bread this year. And I didn't really know what that meant, but I did hear this. He said, you know, I want you to break bread because you need more community in your life and you're living in more isolation than you are not. And that isolation is not healthy for you. And so I want you to break bread, but in order to break bread, you need to make bread. And so you want to, you want to make bread so you have something to offer people. And so it's so funny how God knows you, you know, it's one thing to know God exists. It's another to know that he knows you exist. And so he speaks to me in a way that I'll understand it because it was driven by, you know, trying to offer something to other people. And that's something I'm really motivated by is impacting other people's lives in a positive way. So I thought, oh, this is great. It'll be for other people. I can make bread and it'll be, you know, good for other people. They'll enjoy it and I'll get some fulfillment from that. Little did I know that that would lead me on a journey of understanding not just how to, how to heal. And I don't, I, I really hesitated. I almost said the word cope. Cope is not, cope is not the word I want to use here because coping is managing. Healing is changing. And God really led me in a place to true healing. And I believe he'll do that for everybody. And this is one of the ways he did it for me. And active rest became a priority because one, I heard it from God. And so it became a priority for my life because he's a priority in my life. But two, I started to see the benefit and I started to see this actually come to fruition, like his idea of having more community. I was making bread. I just went on Amazon. I ordered this, you know, great. I didn't have the money for it at the time, but I just ordered it anyway. It was like $100 for this bread making kit. And I just started making the one recipe that was in there. It was a honey wheat loaf. I started making this one recipe. I thought it was amazing. And everybody was loving the bread. My roommates, I would invite friends over and, you know, and, and I didn't have like this thriving community at the time, but I just invited people who were even loose acquaintances to have bread or I would bring them bread. And, and I started experiencing people's joy from just having homemade bread. And I realized it was so much more than the bread itself. It was actually about where it came from. 
And it was actually about the process in which I, I created that bread from where I created that bread and the motivation or the desire and, the, and what I really wanted to do with that bread is have community. And so I started to understand that it was less about the bread and more about where it came from. And what I realized in hindsight too, after having gone and lived in Italy 11 months later, learning how to actually make bread from guys who had been there at a third generation bakery, I learned that my bread I was initially making was actually very bad bread. And despite that fact, everybody was really enjoying it. So there's something to be said about having bad bread and everybody else enjoying it. But the point is that in this process, I learned so much. And I just want to narrate a couple of things I learned because I think this portion of active rest, this hit me hard. And I know this might be a little bit off topic as it relates to some practical things, mindset shifts, et cetera, that you can really benefit from. But I think that you'll benefit from uh, hearing the story and some of the things I learned. So for example, one of the things that I was trying to do at that time in my life is I was trying to make money. And I was trying to do that through more productivity. But I had to change my perspective about what it meant to be productive. I had to change my perspective about what it meant to be productive. So in the past, I thought being productive meant working all hours of the day and night. But as I started to realize the need for time away from work, because I was trying to grow this coaching business and I couldn't pester people all day long because that's annoying. And I couldn't get new clients because I literally didn't know how to do that. And I had to let that time and space and, and God do his thing and people do their thing for the transformation and the work that we were actually trying to accomplish. I had to let there be some space. And so I had to figure out what to do with, with my time in that space. And so one of the things that God gifted me with in this moment was an opportunity to do something productive in that time or something that I could put my hands to without feeling like I sit around in the waiting and just doing nothing, feeling bad about myself, like I'm not doing anything. He gave me this gift of making bread. And so I had something to work on. And it wasn't a hobby. It was truly something, it was a healing activity. And what I didn't recognize is the physiological components here. So I was moving from a state of fight or flight or sympathetic tone to a state of parasympathetic tone which means that I was moving from a state of chronically being under stress and, and short-circuiting my stress response cycle in fight or flight state by trying to continue working and be productive and hyperactive, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I was moving to a state of resting and digesting just simply by lowering the levels. And you, you have to lower the levels when you're making bread. You, you, it takes time. It's like a three to five hour process. And in order to actually make the dough and actually go through the process of kneading, et cetera, and you, you have to be clear. You have to be methodical and and you have to really kind of approach it as though it's like a living thing because there's, there's living ingredients in the bread. And you can't just, as you learn to make bread, you can't just like put your hands to it too much. You can't check on it all the time. You can't pester the bread is, is a short way to say it. And so what I mean by that is in the three to five hour process of making the bread, I was doing 20 minutes of work and I was putting my heart into it and I was putting my mind into it, but I had to let it be for the rest of that time. I had to let the bread rise. And the same thing was happening as I was thinking about approaching my business and helping people and seeing their change in their life. And I had to put in the work on those coaching calls, but then I had to give them time and space away from those calls for their work to actually take place. And it, it allowed me to actually relieve myself of responsibility of things that were not within my control or responsibility. And what I mean by that is, for example, in my healing process, it allowed me to recognize that there was a level of control that I had in getting the right inputs and help, for example, having a counselor and asking for help in that way. And then, you know, taking care of my body and trying to work with a registered dietitian to help, you know, whatever I'm feeding myself with and all these different things and, and working with a personal trainer. I was doing the things that I needed to do, but there was a certain point where I had to let go and, and let God do what he does. And so I learned through the process of making bread that there was an important distinction between when you're working and when you're resting. 
And that, you know, the proportion of working to resting actually is much the opposite of what culture tells us. And so I started to recognize and see this for myself as I actually started to see, you know, I, I was paying much more close attention to these core pillars and living a more sustainable life because I realized the importance of that, having witnessed some of the things I'd witnessed and experiencing burnout and all these other things. But I was also witnessing and experiencing the benefits of that, like the productivity, actually, the output and how business was growing and how, you know, I was actually working less but producing more. And it was this process of recognizing through bread making that active rest is actually one of the most productive things you can do. It's one of the most productive things you can do. And what I started to experience too was the fact that my body, I started to experience the change in my body, that I actually was living from a more rested state. I was, I was living from a state of greater peace and greater joy and a state of more wholeness simply because I had this practice of when things were getting hard or when I was having a tough day, whether it was work-related, whether it was not work-related, whether, whether it was something I didn't know how to articulate, I could go to this, what's, as I learned in hindsight now, this sensory activity that helped me get clarity and helped me put me in a state of rest. Now, the importance of that, okay, is to talk about this at a high level. So ask yourself, you know, are you giving yourself the space to allow active rest in your day? And what this did is it started bleeding into other areas of my life. I would start my day and still to this day, there are many days that I start my day with rest. In other words, because I have this level of schedule autonomy now, I try not to schedule on most days when I'm working, I try not to schedule my work until a certain time so that I can have that time in the morning rather than crashing into my day so I can have that time to actually approach my day from a place of centeredness, from a place of balance. And when I talk about active rest, I want to talk about that word balance, just like I talk about how diet and energy, I want those two to be linked, just like I talk about how sleep and recovery and exercise or movement and release. I want to talk about balance when I talk about active rest, because and I want you to make that association, because what this was really doing by me kind of reversing the way that I think about working and resting and how I approach my day, I actually was getting more balance, even though I was in a, in a way imbalanced in how much rest I was getting relative to work. So I was, I was getting so much more rest than work, but I was actually achieving so much more productivity in the process. Now, there's a time and a season for that. I'm not saying that if you always get more rest than work, that you're always going to get more productivity. But in this season, I was. Why? Because I was allowing healing to happen. I was, that's not to say I was just letting go and, and just kind of saying, God, heal me. I was actually engaging in the necessary work required, getting the right ingredients in counseling and other things like that, in actually being proactive in my own process and journey to healing. But I was also in that time allowing that space for the healing to happen naturally. And it led me on this beautiful journey to actually go back to Italy, spend a month living there learning the language and going back to the small town that I'd visited after my dad died. The town was called Paterno. I mean, it's an incredible God story I'll share for another time, but the town was called Paterno, less than 200 people east of Florence. I had been there one night after I went to Italy, after my dad died. I drove around aimlessly. My girlfriend at the time, now my wife, had found this Airbnb in this town. I had an amazing experience. I, the, the woman who was over there, she took me out to dinner, paid for my dinner, learned all about my story. She was sort of like a motherly figure. And she said, come back anytime you want. Well, then a year later, I'm making bread thinking back to that opportunity or what was now an opportunity to go back to Italy thinking, oh, I could go and live in that Airbnb. It was beautiful. And the host was a great person and I could work in this bakery for free. And so I did. And I went back to this town, 
thinking that God had a plan for me to heal on this journey towards fatherhood, where I was healing from from the loss of my father to this new story about fatherhood and what that looked like in my life and and how there was a promise and plan for me in fatherhood. And little did I know that I was going back to this town, ironically, called Paterno, which in Italian, now translated to English, means paternal, my paternal line. And I was going back and I was learning about all these different experiences and how other people who I was engaged with, meeting with, uh, working with, and living in their apartment complex and, and their place, they all had fathers who had passed. And that's the reason that they had created the Airbnb, that they would stayed at that bakery. And I found this connection through lost. I found this beautiful restoration in my life and, and God used active rest as a way to connect those dots as a way for me to actually find more clarity and actually to find affirmation in my relationship with him. This goes back to the idea of connection, which we'll talk about and how that, how that practically looks God's self than others. But I want to tie all these things together because I think it's important to highlight them. Signs, just if we're to maybe kind of like dig into signs or signals that things might need to change in your life. One of them is rest isn't productive. If you think rest isn't productive, then your stuff's broken. And I say that because I've been there and I understand like it is not a healthy mindset to think that rest is, is not productive. There's a time and a season where you do need more rest than others. And I want you to take that in context. But rest is productive and it's unsustainable to live your life from that agreement that rest is not productive. Okay, so if that's something that's going on in your mind, that's a signal that something needs to change. Another sign or signal is that you really don't have anything in your life that you go to to actually enjoy. That's an activity that you enjoy that doesn't have any sort of competitive nature or any sort of, you know, I'll call it like performance driven uh, uh, reason for doing it. Like it's really important to understand the power of, and it took me such a long time to understand this. My, my parents told me this growing up, but it's something that you can't understand until you make this mental shift. And nobody gave me this perspective. It's, it's not so much about having something you enjoy so much as it is about aligning that with whatever motivates you. And so for me, having a hobby never really motivated me. But for me, having something of meaning that God asked of me, it really did motivate me because it, it meant that my headspace was in a place where I was seeking, what do you have for me in this God? And so if you need more meaning to that activity, then I would just ask you, like, think about this, ask, go to God with this and ask him, like, what is an activity for me that you want to show up and show more of who you are for me? Just like that story that TJ shared, you know, what is it that you want to engage with for me that you have for me that will make me come alive in a new way like I've never had before that could take me on a life-changing journey? So I, I really want you to, to kind of like evaluate your life in that sense and, and ask you, like, do you have an activity that's outside of traditional, quote, productivity and work? The other thing and the third thing, um, third signal, I guess, to change something I want you to really consider is I just want you to ask yourself, you know, it, as it relates to, to rest, like, do you feel like your body has rest? Do you feel like your body has a state of rest? And a lot of people don't understand, like they're eating kale and going to the gym and doing all these things. And I use that example because it's a really common thing to think about when we think about being healthy. But the reality is, is if your body doesn't really genuinely, if you're not getting five minutes to yourself to ask yourself, okay, am I rested? Do I feel rested? You know, if you, for example, when we go through the boot camp, I have a six week private boot camp, and we have, I do it four times a year. And we have this amazing experience, transformational journey, activating people into their direction and the person that they're made to be. And one of the challenges in the boot camp is meditation for an hour. So I, I give bonus 
there's like a gift and everything involved. If somebody can meditate for an hour and, and it's one of the first things to do. And, and one of the things that, one of the comments that came back one time was, hey, is it okay that I'm going to sleep? And I said to them, well, well, you tell me, what does that tell you about your body? And I think it's really important to understand, like if you can't just sit still, it's not active meditation means something different to everybody. But what I want to talk about when I say that is just quietness. And if you have that quiet time and, and you literally can't stay awake during that quiet time, it's really going to be a signal of something going on in your life. Maybe you're too busy. Maybe, you know, your active rest needs to take a priority because you literally just don't have enough time for yourself. And if you're short-circuiting your sleep, it's going to be hard to have that active rest time that is that where you're going to be able to engage fully. And so I want you to consider that as you're thinking about maybe a third sign or signal is, is just like when you're engaging yourself and making time for yourself, we don't have that. That's a huge signal. But even just in the morning, if, if you have five minutes for yourself and you check in with yourself and say, am I at a state of rest? Like, like genuinely, do I have ease in my heart? And if I don't, here's a really practical thing. And I'm going to give you, you know, we'll give you some, some questions to consider. Okay. And then I'll get into some three practical things. But here's a question before I get into those practicals. And I want you to hold that thought. Could stepping away actually improve your productivity? If you, if you ask yourself that question and you have a problem that you're trying to address, maybe some, something you're trying to get a solution for, a challenge. If you ask yourself, could stepping away from this actually improve my productivity? If so, what might that look like to me? What might stepping away look like to me? I want you to answer that question for yourself. Another question, do you know that the majority of our brain activity happens subconsciously? Do you know a majority of our brain activity happens subconsciously? So what would it look like to allow myself time away from whatever activity I'm doing consciously? And it's a different way of asking that question I asked earlier, but I just want you to consider this because I think it's really important for you to come up with your own ideas. As you come up with your own ideas, I want to give you a few things to consider here. As you come up with your own ideas, number one, I want you to think about ideas that are related to sensory activities. And you'll hear from Claire, who's, who's got a master's degree in counseling, and she's on the last episode of this season, but she'll talk about the importance of sensory activities and how it's, it's vital for people to, and, and maybe I have this wrong, maybe she did that in a private conversation, but at the very least, her and I had that conversation, whether it was on the episode that you'll hear, or whether it was her and I, you know, having the conversation about clients. And she said, you know, what's so powerful, TJ, about the, about bread activity is that it's a sensory activity, meaning it's something that you do with your hands that able, that enables you to actually engage your mind consciously on something else. So the sub, so that subconsciously you can, you can actually allow your brain activity to focus on all these other things. And so I want you to consider that, you know, what's a sensory activity, something you can do with your hands. Maybe you can paint, maybe you can build something, maybe you can create in some way, you know, there's something that will inspire you. And maybe you can make bread. Like maybe it's something that you do in the kitchen. That's why people find a lot of release and, and that's why they find a lot of balance in cooking is because that there's this idea that you're able to engage in the sensory activity. So something to consider, something to explore is what's a sensory activity that you can do. The other thing I just wanted to highlight is if you don't have a practice of breathing, that is something that has changed my life completely. And a lot of people have anxiety uh, because they're, and we talk about anxiety as a function, a function of that is unaddressed priorities, okay? But another function of that is their headspace. They're thinking about the future or the past, okay? So think about you, you show up to a meeting and you're thinking about the conversation you just had, it can cause a little bit of anxiety. 
right? Because you're present physically, but you're not present mentally. And so what I want you to do is, is you think about how you can align yourself mentally and physically and even spiritually and emotionally by the practice of breathing. That's how powerful breathing is, is it's an alignment tool. And that's why it's powerful. A lot of people just dismiss it because they don't understand, as I did, they don't understand the power of it. But what breathing also does is it allows you to actually engage. It allows you to engage and tell your body to stop operating at a fight or flight mode, to start operating out of the rest and digest state that it needs to be in the majority of the time. When you're using breathing as a tool, as a tactic to start to tell your body how to function, that it's okay, that it doesn't need to be in a stressed, high stress self-preservation state, you're going to actually start to feel the difference physiologically, okay? So the practice of breathing, and, and I talk about this in the episode of anxiety, but the practice of breathing in through your nose and out through your nose slowly, okay? If you imagine that while you're doing that, you're blowing uh, hot air on a mirror, okay? Or blowing hot air into your hands with your mouth closed, okay? So you're breathing in through your nose, out through your nose. It's as if you're blowing hot air out your mouth, but your mouth is closed. So it basically it closes that air gap and you make a sound, okay? And so it'll sound a bit like, I don't know if you can hear that, but you want to breathe in four seconds, hold four seconds, breathe out as many seconds as you can. You do that three times, I guarantee you're going to have a change to your state. So that's the second thing as far as active rest. It's a really simple thing you can do right when you wake up or right when you go to bed. It engages your body into a state of active rest. Third thing you can do is, you know, just like pick something you enjoy. Don't make this complicated. Just pick something that you enjoy. You enjoy reading, make more time for reading. You enjoy listening to music, sit down and listen to music. You enjoy sitting in the sun, go lay in the sun, but make something that is fun for you because if you can't enjoy it, it's going to be hard to continue it. And so I really want you guys to think about that as you're, as you're thinking about active rest. I hope that this is shifting your perspective that rest isn't just, is, is, rest is, is not just uh, productive, it's instructive. It, it helps you think about not just how to uh, approach your life differently, but hopefully it helps you do a lot of other things like healing, like not striving so much. And that's the journey that we want to take you on from striving to thriving. We want you to really understand and engage with the physical parts of yourself just as much as the spiritual, mental, emotional parts of yourself. I want to leave you with a couple balances, a few things to consider, important opposites to balance. This is just sort of a supplementary thing. I'm going to give you three. We're going to have a lot more for you available online. And, and I'm going to hopefully be able to answer some of your questions. If you have questions, it's definitely going to leave a way for you guys to, to ask those questions. But I'm going to give you the top three, okay? Important opposites to balance since we're talking about balances. Accepting reality and working to change it. Accepting reality and working to change it. Important opposites to balance. Validating yourself and others and acknowledging errors. Validating yourself and others and acknowledging errors. And the last one, this one will make a whole lot of sense based on this whole topic, working and resting. Important opposites to balance. We got a whole list of others that we want to give you guys. And uh, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that you guys have a totally new perspective on how you think about adding this core pillar to your life on your way to living more sustainably. Thank you, guys. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate your time, energy, and attention. The best thing that you can do if you got value is share this episode with someone, family, friend, coworker, client, anybody that you think would also get value. If you want to stay in touch with me, go ahead to visit my website, tjloeffler.com, T-J-L-O-E-F-F-L-E-R.com. And there you can sign up to get messages from me, including show notes, subscription to the podcast, weekly letters that I write just honestly, authentically about what's going on in my life or private events that I'm 
I'm hosting, et cetera. And the last thing that I'll say is if you really got value out of this season in particular, Back to Basics, my book is going to be available. CorePillars.com, C-O-R-E, Pillars, P-I-L-L-A-R-S.com is going to be the place that you can be directed to get access to that book. If you're wanting to go deeper into the subject that we're talking about today, if you just want to have it on hand, it's really meant to be a timeless piece for people to revisit when they need to kind of get balanced. I want you to get more out of your life by doing less than you think. So I hope that that's a succinct way for you to do that. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. That's all for now. Until next time.